what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.tv. Stepping Up Service is our podcast show dedicated to the world of customer service, how to deliver outstanding customer service to your organiz- to your clients within your organization, to coworkers, vendors, and the other groups you may come into contact with, regardless of what size organization or type organization you are. My name is Alan Jackson. I am the Chief Customer Officer with Vivaris Incorporated. And with me is Ed Gagnon, who is with Customer Service Solutions. As always, my partner in crime, my my, yes. my my cohort here. Ed, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Alan? I'm doing just fine, just fine. Happy good. to have you here again, as always. And uh, we always have a good time kind of taking one aspect or topic regarding customer service, or maybe the way the world of customer service is changing. We take that topic... Uh, Ed's normally got some great insights to share, and we kind of pick it apart and go through some examples. And then at the end of the show, we always end up with our story of the month. And this is an idea of a story that something that has happened to us just in the last 30 days since we last talked. Uh, it can be a positive, can be a negative customer service experience, something we want to relay and share that hopefully will resonate w- uh, with the audience and uh, kind of connect the dots on some things we've talked about in the past. Ed, I didn't even ask you before we started hitting the record button here. Have you got a story to tell <laughs> or uh, or can you have a story within uh, the next half hour before we get to oh, the end? I definitely have a story, so I'm prepared. Perfect. Great. Well, I do as well. So we will look forward to sharing those stories at the end of the episode as always. Uh, but before we do that, we have our main topic to discuss here. And Ed, you sent me some information about uh, about this topic. And it is something I, I, I hate saying it's something I am familiar with, because by saying I'm familiar with it, uh, it basically is in saying that, yes, things do go wrong sometimes in the business sure. setting. Uh, the topic is being good when things go bad. Uh, yes. And the way you kind of briefed me on this a little bit is this idea of, you know, we're running businesses and things are going to go wrong sometimes. Sometimes our company's reputation is really based on how we fix things that have gone wrong. And, and you don't want to be in that situation, but sometimes that's just the case. So, Ed, I'm hoping maybe you can talk us through companies or types of industries where this may apply more than others. And also, what are some things we need to think about or consider doing when these situations happen? Why it's important to take so much uh, stock in how we handle customer service situations when they go bad. So, yes. yeah, so and, talk me through your thoughts on this. I'm, I'm anxious to hear your, your, your ideas on this. Well, well, sometimes it's easiest to conceptualize something that we don't normally think about by conceptualizing something that we normally do think about. So before okay. we get into... Uh, how do we make sure we're, we're being good when things go bad? Um, because some customers and some industries really evaluate us based on how we resolve issues. Let's let's first start with something that we're all familiar talking about as it relates to customer service. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've all heard the terms, you have to delight your customers. Yes. Or you want to create the, the wow kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Alan, when, when you think of industries or businesses or companies that really try to create a wow experience or mm-hmm. really try to 
to delight their customers? What types of businesses pop to mind or what types of industries pop to mind where they're trying to create this wow kind of experience? You know, when, when you say the word wow experience, I mean, I can think either a specific examples of companies that I just know that we've brought up as examples of companies that just seem to really get it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think of Apple as kind of one of those sure. wow experience companies where everything from the packaging, the box that comes in, their uh, customer service reputation, uh, overall quality of product. I mean, it is just – it is meant to inspire and, and, and get people excited about their products. So sure. I see that. I see some forms of retail. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about Zappos. We Even Amazon yes. to some degree delivers just that really pleasant, really uh, delightful experience. Um, I've seen some restaurants that do it really well. I think restaurants have an opportunity to deliver a wow experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Great. there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of those that people go in, I think, expecting to be just be given a really high-level experience altogether, uh, whether it's entertainment-based, hospitality-based, you know, uh, technology-product-based, or so on. Yeah, those, those are excellent examples, and it's interesting because a lot of those are hospitality-based or mm-hmm. you know, eating out. Uh, you know, it's almost like the disposable income-oriented experiences or those where you have to pay a premium or something like that. There are some industries, however, mm-hmm. that you, you look at and you say, uh, the water company. Oh, you know, right. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm just looking for the water company to just keep my water running yeah. and not overcharge me. I'm not looking for the wow, and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm just – hoping that there are not busted pipes that happen That's a good point. Uh, you know, in the middle of winter that my hot water heater doesn't have some major issue and all of a sudden uh, now I have this big emergency because my house is heated by the hot water heater. Or sure. you know, maybe organizations that are building structures and buildings or they're renovating homes and they're having to go to a governmental agency to get approval for their plans, get approval for inspections, they're not expecting a wow from that plan reviewer or a wow from that electrical inspector. They just want you to be there on time. They want you to tell them what passed or what didn't, what they need to do to rectify it and quickly, quickly, quickly bring me on to the next step. So some Mm. industries, definitely the wow, the delight applies. In other industries, customers are just looking for you to to not mess things up or to get (laughs) things done on time or to, to not waste their time. It's definitely a very different kind of focus. So yeah. um, are there other industries or, or businesses that you've interacted with, Alan, where uh, your focus is not necessarily to be delighted by them, but you just want them to do what they're supposed to do? Or if there's a problem, just just go ahead and fix my problem. That's yeah. what you're mainly concerned with. Well, I, I think about businesses that, I mean, it's stemming a little bit of what you were saying, where it's a little bit of maybe they're in the business of helping fix things that are going wrong already. So in other words, you don't want to have an experience with these guys because if you're having an experience with them, that's basically saying something's gone wrong that are there to fix. I think about like a towing service. I mean, you know, I don't expect a a, a wow experience from a towing service. I just, I want to make sure that they're quick and they take care of the car and they don't overcharge me and Mm -hmm. it's handled as quickly and efficiently as possible. So um, I think about something like that. I think about something like uh, you mentioned water. I mean, I think a lot of utilities are kind of the same way. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, my power, um, I get a bill. I just know that I turn on my lights, they work. Uh, There's really not a lot of wiggle room for doing anything over and above what my expectations are there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I can imagine those kind of industries. It's, it may be a challenge to think about how, how to not only accelerate customer service, but how do you make it as strong as possible when you're dealing with situations that maybe customers don't want to be in in the first place, you know? Right. 
Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, even these customers are looking at the situation and they're thinking uh, from the perspective of how do I get this fixed quickly? Oh, no, what else is going to go wrong? They're bringing a lot of negative emotions into the conversation, whereas when you go to Disney, you're typically not bringing negative emotions into the situation. So, you know, the organization serving these customers in these ways are just trying to make sure they do what's right. They do it on a timely basis. If there's an issue, they resolve it quickly. When things go bad, that they're good enough that the customer is going to be satisfied. And, and oftentimes the customer is going to end up judging that business, whether by, by virtue of the fact of did they fix it quickly? Were they responsive? Did they get the job done as opposed to did they wow me or delight me in the process? So, so I'm just, I want to just kind of branch off of something you said a little earlier. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, it, may, it may seem pretty obvious, but maybe it's just something clicking with me. This idea of disposable income and something that somebody is making a conscious choice to go out and spend money on, whether yes. it be for an experience or a product or service that they really want versus something that they have to have. So, yes. you know, you think about your power bill. You've got to have your power. You've got to mm-hmm. have water. You've got to have the tow truck if your car breaks down. You've got to have mm-hmm. these other services. You know, but when you have money to burn on something and you say, I really want us to go to Disney World or I want us to go to this particular restaurant because I have this money and this is something I want us to do. Does that do you see where that's really kind of maybe a big distinction between where people have those expectations for that wow experience or I mean is it is it maybe not as clear cut as that? Well, that that's an excellent uh point to bring up because the first thing I was doing was differentiating that some businesses just inherently Uh, are there to wow and delight versus other businesses are just inherently there to just fix problems, resolve issues. Things are going bad when you walk in the door, so the customer wants you to fix it. But even for those industries that are the industries that are relying on the disposable income, they're trying to create the wow experience, bad things can happen. We we do research for um, a pro sports organization, so they put on events. And for one of the events they they put on, we ran correlation analysis that said what out of all these attributes we're having the the customer evaluate, all these things the customer is saying I'm satisfied or dissatisfied on, which of those attributes tends to have a strong correlation to the overall satisfaction, overall willingness to recommend. And it was really interesting for one of our clients that one of the strongest drivers of overall customer satisfaction was how easy is it to leave? So the event ended – there were literally 60,000, 80,000 people at the event. The event ended, and then they had to leave. <laughs> and you had tens of thousands of cars. You had very poor uh, egress. You, you didn't have good directions. The parking guides were rude. There was traffic on the highways if they could eventually get to the highway. And it took two to two and a half hours for a lot of the fans to get home from this Man. event. Okay. So. When we did a statistical analysis of those that had a really terrible experience in that last impression, that leaving impression, uh, ended up even in this disposable income sporting event, you know, delight kind of experience that the organization was shooting for. Those that had the bad last experience were the ones that tended to say their overall experience was bad as well. Wow. That's 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 kind of crazy. I mean, I think you could have an outstanding event. A great yes. game, a great environment, people having a good time. And then yes. it's the leaving, which to some degree the organization has a little bit of control over, probably the parking lanes and the way the parking sure. is routed. But for the most part, it's a little bit out of their hands. You're trying to get a whole bunch of people back out on the interstate or highways. So, yes. But that still impacts that experience. That's really interesting. 
Yeah. So to your point about the disposable income and people's expectations being higher when it's more the premium service, that's very true. And it's interesting that we might think of an Apple and it's all about the product, or we might think of uh, the Disney, and it's all about the experience that you're there. But when when the customer in their mind is evaluating the totality of the experience, it's from when they first engage that organization through the web on the phone until their home and the entire experience is done. And in some of those cases, it could be a great product, but the processes surrounding the product are so frustrating that they end up having a negative experience. Or it could be a great initial experience, but the exit part is so negative that they don't want to go back to that event, to that organization, to that business, to that uh, experience in the future. Wow, that's that's really interesting. So I can see I can see a little bit of the distinction there. So, so yes. so we've got these different kind of organizations, and you've got these organizations yes. that may have a hard time with their service in general delivering a wow experience. That's just not yes. really how their service is built. So yes. they're the ones that have to deal with the situations that when things aren't going right or something that are going wrong for the customer or the customer is frustrated about what they're having to deal with, with your company, yes. right? Yeah. So what we're going to do to kind of illustrate that, what are some of those things that can go wrong uh, is we're going to come up with some very specific examples that we're going to work through together here, Alan. Okay. Uh, but prior to doing that, I'm going to put you in charge of a business. Man, I love it when you give me either a job or put me in a quiz or game show. This is just, I am having a wow experience, Ed. Thank you so much for, for letting me have a part of this. Excellent. Great. Well, well, what company do I get? on this podcast, you know, I hope I'm still good enough that you end with a good experience, Alan. Well, what, what, what company do I get to run right now today for at least the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes? Well, we are recording in early December. Mm-hmm. So obviously the business is going to be a retail store and it is called Alan's House of Holiday Delights. Oh, man. I can already see it in my head. I've already got the logo designed and everything. So, yes, this is great. I'm excited. All right. Yes. So so your business, among other things, you sell decorations. Sure. You, you sell gifts. People mm-hmm. can give to, to friends. You even do, Alan, some specialty catering. Oh, even – well, I mean, that is a market. I, I If I was opening this shop, that's definitely a market I would be exploring. So, yes, that's a good move. That's a good move. Okay. Yeah. So, so Alan, now that you're so excited about this business, yes. uh, we're actually going to – uh, kind of go down a track, which is maybe not so positive. Uh, uh, you are a worrywart, let's say, and no. you want everything to be perfect. <laughs> that well, doesn't sound just, at all like me. <laughs> okay, well, let's just assume that for now. Uh, but you're in Alan's House of Holiday Delights, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you some different categories of things that are aspects of your business, and you tell me what could go wrong oh, sure. with these things. Again, you're selling decorations, you're selling mm-hmm. gifts, you even do some specialty catering mm-hmm. of meals, events. So let's start with the products that you sell, you know, okay. those hard, tangible items. What could go wrong with the decorations, the gifts, the, the hard items that you sell? The actual products I sell. Okay. Uh, I could receive a batch of really uh, poor quality products from one of my vendors that yes. I'm now faced to sell. That, that poor quality products that I get that I am I'm responsible for. Mm-hmm. I could run out of an extremely popular item. Let's say yes. the the commemorative 2016 Donald Trump tree ornament. Uh, let's ah. say it's a really popular item and it just runs out really, really quick. What yes. am I going to do? I need more of those because everybody's asking about them. Yes. Um, I could have a um, disorganization in my storeroom where even if I have the products – 
it's either not managed well by my staff, so things are kind of in disarray and things are not where they should be, and it's hard for customers to find them. So those are three yeah. things I can see right off the bat that would be easy to see going wrong in this otherwise perfect store that I have. So. Yes, yes. So so great job there. Let, let me you. ask you a couple other questions. Yeah. Um, processes. Yes. You know, how you work with customers. Um, what, what processes that you use in delivering service to customers could possibly go wrong? Uh, well, let's see on the, on the, the process of delivering to the customer. Um, well, if I'm shipping products to customers, which I would imagine mm-hmm. since I'm a kind of a global enterprise, this company you put of me in charge of, I'm shipping products all over the world. Uh, you know, if, if my shipping, my shipping lanes get, get clogged, I've got basically, I, I don't have the right processes or people in place to get all the shipments out, which means a lot of them are going to be late and get customers frustrated with late packages coming out. That's one. Um, I think uh, from another process of of getting these to the customers, uh, being short staffed in my store to handle checkout lines, to handle Mm -hmm. uh, customer service questions, uh, to handle returns, whatever it may be. I think just not having either the right staff or having not enough staff to handle those those issues. Yes. Um, let's see, beyond that. Um, and that's plenty. That's is that good. good? Is that good? That, that, yes. that good? I mean, there again, yeah. we're a pretty perfect company, so I can't think of too many things to go wrong, but I think those two are probably probably the ones that could. So Okay. Yeah. Well, and I have two other categories to think about. And, mm-hmm. and the next one is your website. You mm-hmm. know, with all this international business, you have tons of online orders, not necessarily for the catering, although you do get some catering through the website locally, but you have tons of online orders. What could go wrong with your website? Well, the website could be hosted somewhere that has a lot of performance problems, which means the website is either slow or not working at times, mm-hmm. especially in my busiest shopping season, which is right about now, late November, early December. Uh, so the website could be not working at all or people have frustrations getting to it. Mm-hmm. The website may not be c- properly communicating with my sh- storeroom and supplies and what I actually have on stocks. So in other words, we're selling things on the website that we don't really have the, the means to actually oh, provide, goodness. you know, the goods in-house. Um mm-hmm. Uh, that's two good problems on the website there. Um, you you talk about all over the world, different countries. I mean, if I don't have good, uh, translation of languages for other countries, people are visiting the site and yet some of it or not all of it is translated to a language they can easily read. Then I'm going to really kind of turn off a lot of customers and get them frustrated with that as well. Yes. And our very last category is your employees. Mm-hmm. What could go wrong with the attitudes of your employees or the, the, the knowledge of products and services and processes or, yeah. you know, their skill set? What could go wrong with your employees at this most important, busiest time of the year? Uh, probably number one thing that could go wrong is you've got some employees that are more Grinches than they are full of holiday cheer. And I think that would be a really uh, big detriment to the customer service experience. So yeah. you got attitude of your employees. You've got um, knowledge. Uh, you know, there's a lot of nuance in Christmas decorations. Ed, I'm just here to tell you. You know, I, I didn't even, realize that. Alan. Even in Christmas ornaments, oh, you've got different oh. sizes. You got different shapes. You got all different makes and models. You got to know them all. And I think uh, an employee needs to be on top of that. You don't want to have a clueless employee trying to answer questions during a very, very passionate time for a lot of people. Um, yes. 
And then I think too, just, I mean, it's just like any kind of holiday shop, you know, it's staffing. Staffing is so critical to make sure you've got enough people uh, at the right time, especially this busy time of year. So if you've got an employee who maybe doesn't have the best work ethic, showing up a little bit late, not on time, uh, all of a sudden we're short staffed for the uh, busy shift. That could be a real issue as well. Well, Alan, you have a wonderful business. You're doing gangbusters. Thank you. I mean, how could Alan's House of Holiday Delights not be successful? Yeah, but, these but are all even, just hypothetical situations I'm bringing up. I don't anticipate any of them happening to my store. I'm just letting of you know. Of course, you right. don't. But uh, <laughs> it's good that you, you've thought ahead. You, yes. you planned this great business. You thought ahead what could go wrong. Because if you try to think about what could go wrong, it gives you the opportunity to put potential solutions in place. So yes. this is probably a good time for us to break. Now okay. that we've, we've talked about this great business, we've talked about all these issues that could go bad. And then the question is, if some of these do actually happen, what can we do uh, to be good when some of these things go bad? That's Actually, I'm glad you mentioned a break because I've got the phones ringing off the hook from the, uh, from the New York store. Yes. I got a lot of questions to go answer. Uh, I guarantee you it's the, 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 the new Rudolph antlers we just got in. They're big, big hot right now. So I got to go take uh-huh. care and make sure we've got enough of those in. So we're going to take a are, quick are break. Are hotter than those? Trump commemorative ornaments that you had mentioned? Yeah, no, I was just making that up. They're not selling really that well right now, so we're good. (laughs) (laughs) So let me take a quick break. We come back. uh, We'll pick back up with uh, talking about how to be good when things go bad. We'll go through some of these examples of things that could have been could be going wrong in my uh, holiday house of cheer store and talk about what to do in those situations. Again, my name is Alan Jackson. I'm with Bivaris Incorporated, and with me is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Uh, We will be back with you in just a moment. Local authors, illustrators, and storytellers come together to create Storytime Station at The Mesh. Storytime Station is a video podcast that works as a virtual storybook. Each show features a new children's book and new reader, So gather the whole family to listen, learn, and laugh at Storytime Station on TheMesh.TV. Hello and welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. Before we get back to our topic today, which is uh, being good when things go bad in your organization, uh, let me just tell you a real quick bit about TheMesh.TV. That is a website. Uh, You can find it at TheMesh.TV. T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. That is a website set up to host podcasts. And if the word podcast kind of uh, scares you a little bit, or maybe you're not quite sure what that means, all we're really talking about are recorded audio or video programs that you can find online. You can download to your smartphone, your iPhone, your Android phone, or you can play off the computer or have them on your tablet, really anywhere with an internet connection. You can listen to these shows. What makes a podcast different than a regular just audio file you listen to on a, on a website or audio YouTube program is this idea of it being something you can subscribe to. So when you subscribe to a podcast, it means every time we put out a new episode of a show, you're going to have it automatically downloaded to your device of choice to listen to at your convenience. So it's on-demand listening, on-demand viewing, and uh, you pick the shows you're interested in and, and, and subscribe to those shows and make sure you never miss another episode. 
So Stepping Up Service is one of these shows. You can go to themesh.tv and look at all of our back episodes. We have quite a few now of different topics regarding customer service that we've been uh, going through and discussing for many, many uh, months and years now. A lot of episodes you can go back to. And you can subscribe to the show to make sure that next month when we put out our new episode, you don't have to go searching for it. It's going to be downloaded to your device right away. There's also a lot of other shows on the Mesh Network, so we encourage you to check that out. Take a little bit of time, download some episodes that look interesting of other shows, and uh, always keep us in touch with what you like. There's a contact us form on the website page. It's all free. It's all there for you. Uh, We just encourage you to give it a listen, give us some feedback, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So let's get back to today's episode of Stepping Up Service. Again, I'm Alan Jackson, and I'm with Ed Gagnon. We were right in the middle of a conversation where Ed had put me in charge of a holiday uh, uh, holiday decoration display and catering service uh, that I'm I'm running extremely well right now. It's it's going <laughs> it's going gangbusters right now. But sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I apologize. <laughs> but Ed. You know, Ed's being the, the realist here, and he is pointing out where there could be some problems with my company. Uh, we talked through some examples of things that could potentially go wrong um, because we're always talking here in the show about what to do when things possibly go bad. So, Ed, let's, uh, yeah. let's pick up where we left off. Uh, I've given you a list of things that could potentially go wrong with my, co- my company. Where do we go from here? Well, let, let's touch on some of these. And as we touch on some of these, we'll talk about – from the customer's perspective, this is what they want you to do or not do. And, and the, the examples I'll give, I'll give about nine different examples of what customers want in situations when things go bad. We, these are not just ideas or concepts we've come up with. These actually uh, are verbatim out of surveys we've done with different clients. Mm-hmm. And we've literally asked customers of our clients on behalf of the clients through surveys, through research, certain questions that relate to issue resolution. And these are some of the answers. So I'll weave in the customer answers, what they want based on the situations that Alan's House of Holiday Delights is running into. All right. Sounds great. Give you the first example. Remember you said your products are very disorganized. Somebody's walking out of the store, they can't find what they want. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at that situation. The customer comes to complain to an employee now, this is tip number one. Uh, from the customer's perspective, listen to me. Understand my perspective. If I say I can't find something, don't just say, "Well, it's over there," right. or don't interrupt the person. Uh, you know, don't don't just go ahead and rush them through it. Uh, what you want to do is just listen to them, find out what they want, find out what their difficulty is, find out uh, specifically what they're trying to accomplish when they need this particular item before you jump to some kind of a solution. So be patient enough to really listen to them, understand their perspective on what's going on, what the real issue is before you jump into it. Listen to and understand my perspective. Uh, I think that's great. And I, I mean, I know all these are going to be important, but that one to me, I like hearing first. I think we can all attest to the fact of going to a store, a place of business, whatever it may be, and not being able to find something or not getting something that you expect to be in a certain place. And you go to ask somebody and they just say, well, it should be there. Like go, yes. go back and look again. It should be there. That yes. that's that idea that you're not really listening to me. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I looked, I'm telling you it's yes. not there. So trust me and let's, let's assume that it's not back there and let's figure out a solution. Don't just assume I'm wrong and don't assume I, I don't know what I'm talking about. So yeah, yes. I agree. That's great, great. point. And, 
somewhat related to that, let's say that you actually did run out of the item. You know, mm-hmm. it's that extra large reindeer uh, gizmo that the people and kids put on their heads and they light up and, yeah, and that sort are, of thing. Those are really hot right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is it just in the Northeast? You know, up oh, in no, York? no, no. They're all over the place. All really? over. I had big yeah. order, big orders from California just the other day. So I'm just, really? Oh, yeah. 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 They're really and, big and, all over. And I didn't know reindeers were big in California. I, I didn't either. I didn't either. But somebody out there is buying a whole bunch of them. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so. They're probably reselling them on eBay. Yeah, they could be. They're, under, they're undercutting me. Oh, I got to stop them from doing that. Uh, well, let's say that, that a customer uh, does run out of the, the reindeer antlers mm. or they notice that you've run out of that particular item. They come to you and they're, they're complaining. What yeah. we don't want to do at this point is assume what an alternative might be for that customer and just rush into this alternative. Mm. Oh, you don't want those antlers. We have some just as good over here. These are the antlers or, or, Oh, you, you, you didn't, you wanted those antlers. We don't have them. That's all right. We have these toboggans over here with reindeers on the toboggans here. Mm. Just, just go over there. They're over there. So similar to the first one, customers say when things go bad, don't rush me, Uh, you know, don't assume, you know what I want next. Again, be a little bit patient on me. Don't rush me because if you interrupt that customer again, or you try to rush them to an alternative, then they might think you don't care. They might think you're being rude. So again, be a little bit patient, not only listen to and understand their perspective on the situation, but don't rush them through it. Give the customers when things go bad, a little bit more time to share and to receive the information you're trying to convey as well. I mean, I think that's obviously applicable for any type of business. And we're using kind of a retail example as our story example. But I also see that I think that's really important on a service based organization as well. If a one particular service that somebody's expecting or a, a type of relationship they're expecting to get is not working out, it's still that same idea of don't rush me into some other avenue. You know, let's talk about it. Let, let, let me kind of give me some information. Let's talk through some options. Don't just say, okay, well, since that's not working, we're going to put you over here or we're mm-hmm. going to route you this way and, and make it a very more. It becomes almost more an automated process, which I don't think in most situations people want to be dealing with. They, uh, right. If they're approaching a human being, they want to talk with a human being about some options and ideas and what they do next when something's not going right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, there's been so many mystery shops our company's done where we'll have a mystery shopper go down town to some facility and they'll be asking a question. And then the employee says, Oh, just go to the website. Mm. Okay. So the customer left their home. They drove 20 minutes. They, they parked, you know, they walked into the building in the rain. They go up to the third floor. They wait in line for five minutes, and then you tell them go to the website. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. You know, don't rush me. View my, think of what I've gotten through or gone through to get to this point, and be patient enough with me to really help me and address my unique needs. And just to stem off of that, anybody who out there who's ever heard one of their employees say that exact phrase of "go to the website." Please keep in mind, there is a still a very large number of the population of the America that does not have Internet access, or if they do, they do not use it for any kind of web browsing. So, exactly. just again, that's another thing. Not only are you rushing me or, or pointing me in a direction that's counterproductive to where I am now, but yes. it may not even be something I can even do. But you're still right. telling me that's where I have to go now. So, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the third example gets back to the fact that, unfortunately, Alan, sometimes Alan's House of Holiday Delights is short-staffed at checkout. Mm-hmm. So the customer, 
and I'm sorry to say that, Alan, but the customer is waiting mm -hmm. literally 15 minutes after they got all excited, found their item, 15 minutes just to go through checkout. I think and you're referring to Adam's Holiday House um, that's a competitor of ours that started up not too long ago. So a lot, a lot of these bad stories you're hearing, I really think it's about Adam's house and not Alan's house of, of holiday cheer. So I, I'll, we'll still play out the examples. I'm just kind of clarifying sure. that for the listeners out there. I really don't think we're talking about my store, but anyway, uh, go ahead. You're saying being short staffed or, or not having enough people to handle the, the massive amount of people that come into my store. Is that what you're exactly. saying? Right. Okay. Oh, so it is your store. Is <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you know, now, hypothetically speaking, sure. Uh, yes. <laughs> Well, in, in this particular case, this happens so often in service recovery situations where uh, the customer will have a bad experience and the employee will, at the cash register in this case, say, oh, I'll take care of those items for you. Well, that's nice. That's their job. That's the function. But there needs to be a realization. That person just waited 15 minutes to get to you. Yes. You know, I apologize for the wait. I'm mm -hmm. sorry about this. This is not how we typically do business. Many customers don't want you to just fix their problem. They want you to acknowledge the yeah. problem, mm -hmm. you know, take a little bit of responsibility, you know, don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry. Some customers will not settle down until they hear those magic words. And some of them, that's all they want to hear. Once they hear it, they're fine. But if yeah. you don't say it, then that back's going to get up. That negative word of mouth is going to come out there. Customers just want you to apologize. Okay. It's almost seen as a sign of disrespect. Don't apologize. What I've seen whenever I've had a long wait, longer than what a, a, a organization wants to have happen, and they, mm -hmm. they acknowledge it, they see it. They're like, wow, our customers are waiting longer in line than we'd ever like for them to. They, some of the best organizations will even have like a little emergency stack of coupons or oh, little great. gifts or something like that to say, listen, we're sorry. We're breaking into our, our little uh, we're sorry mm -hmm. packet. And here's a discount for your next purchase, or we're going to apply yes. a 10% discount on your purchases right now that you're buying. You know, something yes. that, I mean, the, the, I'm sorry is like, you got to do that, but there are ways to go even beyond that when you've got wait times that are longer than expected. And, uh, you take the first initiative to actually acknowledge it before the customer gets upset about it. Yeah, that's a great point. It reminds me of one of my clients is a school system and, uh, at their international center, people were registering outside. It was a very hot day, uh, and employees who weren't even working that outside registration area at the time noticed this long line forming. So they got a bunch of bottled waters and just went to the line and started giving people bottled waters. Something yep. as simple as that was greatly appreciated. That's right. That's basically you saying to that person out there, I see what's going on. I acknowledge it. I sympathize. I empathize. Uh, and I want to try to help make it better. And that's yes. no matter what those efforts are, those little symbols, that's what people want to see. You're right. They, they, it's expected, you know. So, yes. Cool. Well, you had mentioned sometimes the website can get slow. It's not because of you, Alan. It, no, it's, no, no. It's wherever it's hosted. Yeah. Sometimes it can be a little bit slower. Got to blame. So got to blame the. Got to blame the website host. So. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you have to blame the website host. Yes. yes. So uh, the the fourth item, what customers want you to do is to own the resolution, even if you didn't cause the problem. So uh -huh. you didn't cause that website to be down, but obviously it is your website. Yeah. Yours is down. Yours is slow. So you you could just say, oh, you know, it's that other company, or you could say. You know, I, I'm very sorry about this. Uh, this is not uh, typical for our, our business, um, but I want to make sure you can make that purchase. I want to make sure you can gather 
that type of information. So until the website comes back up quickly, uh, let me see if I can help you by doing A, B, or C as an alternative. So you're not just saying, hey, it's not my fault, it's not my problem. You're at least owning it to the point that, that you can come up with some kind of an alternative, some kind of resolution, instead of just forcing the customer to have to wait on that website to, to get their purchase made or their question answered. Yeah, I mean, you could you could put up a, there could be a little splash page whenever the website's not working that just says, here's our toll-free number to call. Yes. We'll have people to answer your call right away. We know it's not as convenient, but we still want to help get your order taken care of. Um, apologize, apologize, apologize. Don't throw the website host under the bus on the on that page. Uh, and don't have your staff when somebody calls in and says the website wasn't working. Don't say, yeah, this company we use, they, I don't know what's going on. And uh, yes. we're upset too. You know, yes. you just, like you said, you own it. Yeah, yep. It's our responsibility and we're sorry. And let's, let's see if we can get you taken care of. So, uh, well, we're going to stick on the website here. Alan, okay, sure. And you, you get many purchases from India. So oh, yeah. they, they love your stuff in India. They do. I've got a lot of uh, fans in India. Is it the reindeer antlers again, or is it something different that really resonates with the Indian holiday? Wreaths. Uh, I don't know why. A lot of wreaths are being sold out in India. I don't understand it. Um, We got a big big marketplace for that there. Uh, We get a lot of glitter that gets sold in other countries Mm -hmm. out in kind of a Middle Eastern area. So I I don't know. I I can't figure out any of these trends myself. Well, you have several different countries that utilize the translated version of your website. And uh, sometimes there are complaints about the translations not being clear or whatever the case might be. What what customers want to hear in this case is, uh, some direction. Uh, tell me specifically what I need to do to make this purchase. Mm-hmm. Tell me specifically what I need to select to make sure I get the shipment by uh, you know three or four days before the holidays and respond quickly. And don't keep me on hold. So these are the next two points. When something mm-hmm. goes bad, two things that the customer really wants are direction. If I as a customer have to do something, tell me specifically what mm-hmm. I need to do where I need to do it, by when I need to do it. They want to know what those next steps are that reduces anxiety and gives them kind of a clear path. But they also want you to respond quickly. Yeah. Uh, so many studies have said uh, that customers are more likely to repurchase from a business, not only based on whether you resolve the issue, but how quickly you did. Mm-hmm. So the next two points, when something goes bad, provide direction to the customer, what they need to be doing, what's their role in the solution, but also make sure you're responding quickly to those service recovery issues, to those complaints. It's a great, that first point's really interesting because I have heard some people say, well, we shouldn't make the customer do anything if something goes wrong. It should all be on us. And it's a nice idea, but I think realistically speaking, there are going to be some things the customer has to do, especially when we're talking about online or any kind of remote distance transactions. They're going to have to call a phone number or they're going to have to send an email or they're going to have to do something. It's okay to ask them to do it, but you're right. Those instructions have got to be crystal clear. Don't yes. say, um, don't say. Send us an email and we'll take care of it. I mean, mm-hmm. what email address do I use? Do I need right. to reference anything in the email? You know, tell me what to put in there. They want to know those details, or else uh, they feel like they're just kind of floating out in the dark. So yes, yeah. yeah. And relating to that, we're talking about these online orders, for example. Let, let's go to the example you gave about the shipping lanes getting clogged. You know, there's late packages. You know. The things are not arriving on time. These are the next two things a customer wants when things go bad. First, keep them up to date. Mm-hmm. So if the issue resolution is not immediate, 
then don't just go dark with your communications until it's resolved. Let them know what's going to happen next. Let them know when it happens. Let them know what those updates are as you go along. And relating to that, if there are multiple options, include the customer in the decision making. Hmm. Don't say, well, you know, the, the, the shipping's been uh, you know, a little bit slower lately, so we're going to just go ahead and FedEx it to you. It's going to cost you an extra $15. Or the shipping uh, is a little bit clogged, uh, so, so, you have to, so you won't have to pay any more. We're going to ship it, and you'll get it uh, two weeks after the holidays. Or, I mean, or we're just going to leave it at one of the local stores, and you just go and pick it up uh, sometime. Exactly. Right, yeah. Kind yeah. of making that option for them. When you did have multiple options you could have chosen, let them be a part of that. You're saying let them be a part of that choice because there may be one option that's a better fit for them than we would imagine. Exactly. And that mm-hmm. goes back to the last point you made. Sometimes people want to have a part in the solution. They want to have control over it. Mm-hmm. And so you might want to do it for them, but that might not be the preference of the customers. They trust sure. themselves more than some person they don't know hundreds of miles away in a different business. So keep them up to date. Uh, if there are steps to be made uh, and there is a time frame over which the, the issue is going to be resolved, but if there are multiple options, don't Again, assume, give them the options, include them in the decision-making so that they get the resolution that they most prefer. That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. I I can even, even, each of these examples you're giving, I can rattle off situations I've been in where I could see how that would have made that process so much better if these little steps have been followed. Absolutely. Yes. And then they all tie into the very last and ninth example of what customers say when, Mm -hmm. when things go bad how they want you to be good. And that is to resolve issues fairly. Now that kind of begs a question, Alan, what exactly is fair? Sure. It is a little bit of a subjective term. Yeah, it's a very subjective term. So Alan, when you think about um, the fact that something is being shipped late, Mm -hmm. or if you think about the fact that somebody was delivered uh, an item that was poor quality, maybe it was your vendor's issue and it was poor, poor quality, or, you know, maybe there, there's a situation where the customer wants a return, but they already used part of the product. What, what does fair mean to you in those situations as, as a customer mm-hmm. of Allen's House of Holiday Delights? Um, I mean, I would think from a fairness standpoint, it's, you know, am I still getting ultimately what it is I'm looking to get, even if it's yes. not in the same time or maybe it was at a different price, but ultimately I'm still getting it and I'm getting it resolved in a way that is very compatible to me and my preferences, my lifestyle, whatever it may be. I mean, that to me is what I could see as how people deem something as fair, a fair resolution. Yeah. And that was excellent. Mm -hmm. And the two core points, if I want to make them a little bit more general that you just made are one, make sure I got my need met or or my goal met in some form. Uh, and, And then the second piece talks about Let's do this in a way that I'm comfortable with, yeah. you know, in a process that, that I can be accepting of. And both of those things require you to have dialogue with the customer. What, mm-hmm. what is your ultimate goal? What are you trying to achieve? What is a process that's most comfortable for you? So that gets back to number eight. You have to involve the customer in the decision-making process. You have to allow them to weigh into the process for issue resolution for them to buy into whatever that process is going to be or that ultimate outcome is going to be. So think about the, that phrase we've used once or twice before, weigh in to buy in. If you want them to feel like and buy into the fact that this was a fair issue resolution process, 
make sure you have that dialogue about how can we meet your ultimate need and what is that process we're going to use to get there. Perfect. No, that makes absolutely great sense. This whole idea of involving the customer in that service recovery, that problem resolution process is probably a little foreign to a lot of people out there. They, They kind of think, well, I've got a certain script I follow. And yes. if this goes wrong, then I, I go follow this branch over to option B. And this is what I do immediately and take care of it. And it's true that I, I can imagine in a lot of cases that option B, the automatic option B is probably going to work out okay. Yes. But it's not always going to work out okay. And I still think even if you have that option B, talking to the client and really walking them through their options and helping fit one to their needs um, it's still the always the preferred solution and is always going to give you that better recommendation factor from that customer in the future, I would think. So, yes. yeah. So I'm going to run through these nine one sure. more time, just real quick as a summary before we wrap up and go right. to our stories. And when I do this, I'm going to talk as if I'm the customer who's engaged with Alan's House of Holiday Delights or Adams, depending right. uh, when things go bad. So number one, Listen to me. Understand my perspective. Number two, don't rush me. Mm-hmm. Number three, just apologize. Number four, own the resolution, even if you didn't cause the problem. Number five, provide me some direction. Where do I need to go? When? What do I need to do? That sort of thing. Number six, respond quickly to my inquiries. Number seven, keep me up to date on what's going on, what progress is being made. Number eight, include me in the decision making, preferably with different options to choose from. And number nine, resolve issues fairly. Yeah, that's I mean, it's great. It's, it's, and that's the thing to remember with these, these customer service encounters. You, know, you may be working at a fast food restaurant where your transaction time is really quick with somebody. You're only involved with them for maybe 30 seconds of time. Yes. But all of those things you just said still fit <laughs> if, yeah. something, oh, if something went wrong. I mean, if something went wrong, it's like, okay, they uh, – they got their burger and they came, went to their table. They came back and the burger order was completely wrong. Every yes. single thing you just said, all nine, still absolutely apply to that situation. Just Great because point. it's in a much shorter, compressed time, yes. you still need to listen to them. You still need to like to work with them, involvement, a- actions. Okay, well, would you like a replacement of that burger or is it a different yes. burger you'd like? We can do either yes. way. You know, it's all that is still, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're dealing with a multi-million dollar project or you're dealing with a, a $2 hamburger. So the same, the same steps all apply. That, yeah. That's, a, that's an outstanding point and, and a great example too. I mean, yeah. you can use so many of these tips in literally a 30 second conversation and the customer walks away feeling better about your company, even though you didn't do it right the first time, which yeah. is the whole idea here. No company is about perfection. So the question is, how do we make the customers really feel great about our business, even when things go bad? Yeah, absolutely. That is great. Ed, perfect topic. Great topic. Love talking about it. Being good when things go bad. How to uh, not only understanding the kind of organizations that unfortunately don't always have the chance to deliver that wow experience, uh, but whether you do or don't, there's always that chance something's going to go wrong. And what are those steps you can take to ensure that the problem is resolved to the customer's satisfaction? Nine great, uh, great feedback tips from actual client content, uh, comments, which I thought was really exactly. nice as well. So that's our topic for today. Now, what we do here at the last little part of the show is we do share our story of the month. This is, again, a customer service encounter that uh, Ed's had and I've had, so we both share one. Uh, it could be a positive experience we've had. It could be a negative experience. Either way, it's something that kind of 
affected us enough that we want to share it with you, the audience, and also draw some good lessons from them because, uh, you know, these are real world examples. And granted, Ed and I, we may be a little bit more acute to these things out in the community and in uh, our consumerism than others. But I guarantee you, all of you listening, I've had similar experiences, encounters, and these are all things we can learn from and apply back to our own organization. So, yes. Ed, uh, you were talking a good bit the last little bit there. So is it okay if I go first? Sure, that's great. Is yours a negative or positive one? Let me ask that Mine's first. positive. Mine's positive, too. So let's end on two good positive ones. It's that, that Alan's House of Holiday delight feeling that let's we just, have. Right let's now. just have a wow experience here at the end of the, end of the episode, Okay. <laughs> So mine's kind of a, a kind of an interesting one, and it's a very niche, very very uh, unique type of service opportunity. But I still think it was just really great the way it was handled. So um, my sister, my my sister, my wife's sister had a birthday recently, and for the birthday, her uh, daughters, my nieces, uh, decided that they wanted to surprise her, and so. Uh, we actually joined up with them on on uh, my uh, my sister in law's birthday, unbeknownst to my sister in law. So it was a nice surprise that we showed up as a family to to spend the day with her. But one of the things that she really wanted to do is, uh, have you heard of these escape rooms? Oh yes. Okay. Yes. So we we went to Asheville, city about an hour and a half away from us, and we did an escape room. Thank I you. had never been to one before and uh, was really excited to go. But I also, going there, had a little bit of a sinking feeling because I had, I could almost anticipate how these things may work out. Mm -hmm. The concept's really, really cool, this idea that you get put into a room with a group of people and there's clues all around the room and you have to try to figure out how to get out of that room in a certain amount of time. Now, anytime you have an experience like this, I can even relate this to things I do with my kids. You know, when we've gone to play laser tag or we've gone to other places where you have kind of a experience and you're counting on the people that are there working there to kind of walk you through that experience and kind of really make it a big experience for you. I've been to plenty of these things where the employees absolutely did not make it a good experience. And it was almost like a, well, okay, yeah, they're here to do this, push them in the room, turn off the lights, and they just have to go about and do their thing. So I want to give this one place props. I mean, great. It was my first time going to one of these, but I was really impressed. I think they did it just right. And it's all about that experience where you walk away feeling really good about it. The place is called the Conundrum in Asheville. It's a small little place, fairly new, I think. And they have three or four of these escape rooms in their facility, but they also have a nice lounge area you go to afterwards and can kind of hang out. And uh, I think Enter the Conundrum is the website. So E-N-T-E-R, the conundrum.com. And, you know, you go into this place and immediately we're greeted by somebody working there. The people working there are kind of a couple of people that are greeting us and getting ready to walk us into our room are dressed in a certain attire because they're matching the story that we're getting ready to go into. Oh, interesting. They take us into one prep room and the young woman there dressed as a, a, a very uh, authentic older type maid. And she's there telling us a story. She's even got an accent. She's really doing it upright. Wow. Everything's just real, like, done up to make you feel like it's a great experience. We get into this room, and, of course, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's a little scary, the one that we got put into, where there's lights going out, and there's supposedly a ghost talking to us at times. It was, it was fun. But occasionally, we got a little flustered or stumped, you know, throughout the hour. Sure. What was really nice is occasionally this this actress that came in as our guide would come in occasionally and just 
just check to see how we're doing and see if there's any little little hint she could nudge us towards. You know, all very friendly, all just very, hey, well, just, you know, have you thought about looking under the candlestick? You know, maybe there's something there, you know, and just kind of nudging us just a little bit so we don't get completely frustrated. And we also have a chance of actually winning this thing. Little things that I'm sure they didn't have to do. Little things I'm sure the guys could have just been sitting behind the room and just watching the clock and saying, well, it's an hour. They didn't get out, so they're done. But it's just making that experience, and then, you know, we did get out. We got out with a one minute to spare. Exactly wow, one minute to spare. Yeah, that last five or six minutes was pretty hairy. Uh, but when we got out of the room, you know, they were all clapping and excited. They took us in a room and took a photograph for us in front of a big sign saying that we completed it. Just It was just a nice experience. And, I mean, it didn't take much. It just took them, you know, just wanting – they were seeing very uh, committed – to wanting to make sure their customers had a good experience. So I think when you talk about delivering that wow experience, that did push more into that direction. And for me, somebody who had never encountered one before, not knowing anything what to expect, uh, it was a very pleasant, pleasant surprise at how well they, they organized it. It could have been just the people that were there that time of day. It could have been just a certain day of the week. I don't know, but right away, my first experience, extremely positive, and I'm desperately wanting to go back at some point now. So, Well, that's great. That's yeah. a great story. It's interesting because uh, I, I was a chaperone for a youth group that mm-hmm. went to one of those, but I didn't actually go in. Right. Um, but at this particular place, they definitely didn't dress up. Occasionally, they would get on the speaker and say some things into the room. Mm. I guess they had cameras so that they could yeah. watch things. Um, they had a gathering room, but it was more like a very small office. Mm. So it's interesting because that the kids had a good experience. They only got about 80% of the way through, but you can just look at some of the very specific examples that you gave, which Mm. probably didn't cost a ton of money, just, you know, cost thought. Right. And those additional things that happened in Asheville turned it from a good experience into a wow. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was great. And you're right. It was all very, very simple. It's just, hey, you know what? I'm going to put on a costume and kind of make myself be a part of this environment. And I'm going to check in on the people in a very friendly way from time to time. Hey, let's take their photograph because everybody wants to kind of get a, a selfie group photo afterwards. Why don't we just offer to do that and have a nice little spot to do that right afterwards? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just little touches that just made that whole experience really good. The escape room could have been really good or bad on its own, but it's the things that they did around it, I think, mm-hmm. made it just a really great experience. So. Yeah, yeah, great. That's, that's great. my story anyway. So what yeah. about yours? What have you got to share? Well, well you use the word simple. Mine's very simple. I, I know that you were talking earlier about fast food and in 30 seconds, you can use a lot of those tools. And I mm-hmm. had a very quick experience where a lot of good things happened. And mm-hmm. so very simple example, um, had a physical manual physical recently. They always end that with some lab work. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the nurse walked me into the waiting room. The tech came out to, to get a chart of the actual uh, lab room and she saw me she acknowledged me smiled said i'll be with you in a minute she greeted me uh when it was my time to come in and uh noted that i had a computer and a coat with me and and um yes i brought my computer with me to the doctor's office that's you are a dedicated dedicated man mr gagnon yes yes (laughs) uh but she she said you can put your computer and your coat here on the chair she confirmed my name 
she had noticed that I was on the computer, so she asked if I was working, and I said that I had, so she asked what I do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I mentioned I'm in customer service and this sort of thing, and she was talking about, oh, customer service is so important to me. You know, I, I, it's very important when I go into a business sometimes you know, I won't go back if they don't have good customer service. And then she started to give me personal examples. And she started talking about uh, companies that, that mm-hmm. she had patronized that, that were especially good. And she was doing all this while she was drawing my blood. Um, and then she asked questions. I answered questions. She shared ideas. And then all of a sudden she said, OK, we're done. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, we're all done. I said, that is the fastest <laughs> anyone has ever drawn my blood. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell that story, but but here are the conclusions. First sure. of all, she observed me when I was in the waiting yeah, room. Yeah, that's good. She was looking at me. She obviously noticed I was on the computer, so she she was engaged even before you know we, we had met. She anticipated my needs by suggesting where I could put the coat and computer, so mm-hmm. she didn't wait for me to start looking around the room. She anticipated that, was proactive. She asked me lots of questions, which is always a great sign of customer service. You're being inquisitive about mm-hmm. your customer. She empathized with me talking about customer service. She engaged me on my topic. You know, she wasn't talking about herself. She engaged me on my topic uh, and she conveyed uh, that my topic was important mm-hmm. and by association that I was important. Right. Because she was really reiterating, supporting the importance of the kind of work that I do. She ended quickly. Now, now I ended the conversation by saying that was the fastest anyone has ever drawn my blood that's what I said, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah, right. But but that's not really important whether yeah. or not it's true. What's important from a time perspective is that it felt, felt like, like it. I was going to say, I was going to add one more thing I thought were really positive on that. Sure. And it may have been something she was doing intentionally. I've been to enough places where the person t- working with me does just as many questions and asking about me and all that, but they're doing it before they start their work, like drawing blood. So in mm-hmm. other words, they are now drawing out the time. So it's like, I want to have a conversation with you. I'm going to talk to you for five or 10 minutes and then I'll get around to drawing your blood, which oh. I appreciate them asking me questions. That's nice. But I'm also, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I kind of need to get to work. So yes. the fact that she was doing it simultaneously, there may have been a little psychology where she knew maybe that customers handled the the, the drawing of blood much easier when she's kind of got their mind off of it a little bit by talking oh, about other that's things, a great point. you know, so that's even another higher level of service that she may have been displaying there. Yeah, that's a great point. And she had that tourniquet on the arm in 25, 30 seconds. So yeah. she, you're right. She was at the work, but she was also at the conversation at the exact same time. That's really good. That's really yeah. good. And your arm, it wasn't like immensely painful. She did a good job with drawing the blood, right? So. Oh, yeah. It was, it was very quick. One stick. Yeah, um, I good. mean, it was all good. Yeah. I've had those situations with drawing blood where it's. The person's super nice, super friendly, a lot of conversation, <laughs> but boy, did they not know how to draw blood very easily. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was nice that this was kind of a perfect fit on everything. So I, I think she may have had a little psychology going on to think about how she helps people that are maybe more ill at ease with drawing blood than you are and how to handle that by asking them questions and having that kind of dialogue with them too. So that's great. Yeah, you may be right because she she said customer service was important to her and she gave enough examples to, to show that she understood what good customer service is. So you're probably right. She was applying that to her job and how she was interacting with me. Probably because she's looking for that wow experience where somebody like you says – that is either the quickest time that it's taken to draw my blood or maybe it was the least painful or yes. you just completely allayed my fears. I mean, that's probably what she's looking for. That was great. That was really well, good. Well, that's interesting. That might be a topic for another podcast is how many employees are just motivated by happy customers. You yeah. know, they, 
what jazzes them is if, if, if she gets that kind of compliment you were just referring to, that's half the reason why she works. It, it helps to her to feel good about herself. It's totally with me. I mean, I'm, I'm not just saying that because I'm co-hosting the show with you, but I mean, it really is. And I think even my coworkers know that that's, that's what drives me. If I got a customer that says that was awesome, what you just showed me or what you just gave me or the things you just said about our, our, our survey or our report, mm-hmm. that's, that's my motivation. That's what I'm living for. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's good to recognize anybody who's out there trying to do that. So that's yeah, great. I agree. Ed, thank you so much. It's a great show. So be good when things go bad. So you had some great notes and tips to share with people earlier in the episode about what to do. Even if you're running the best organization in the world, mistakes are going to happen. And a lot yes. of customers are going to evaluate you going forward on how you resolve those issues. Uh, probably more so than they will whether or not the issue actually happened in the first place. Uh, and then we had our stories to share, both two good positive stories, both simple things. You're right. Really simple little things that can be done to enhance that service experience that our customers get. So this is great. As a reminder, uh, the mesh.tv is where you can find these podcasts. Ed, uh, his company, Customer Service Solutions, I wholeheartedly encourage everybody to go check out his website and contact him if it's something you'd like to talk about or you're looking for ideas within your organization or maybe there's a way they can help in any way. Uh, the website is cssamerica.com. So that's the letters CSS for Customer Service Solutions, followed by the full word america.com. That's where you go for uh, there's tips of the week, which is actually uh, what kind of drove this topic today. There's a great tip of the week on there about how good are you when things go bad that I, recognize, I recommend you search for. And we're going to try to put that link for that tip of the week on the description of this episode as well. Right. Um, and then you've got blog posts. You've got email newsletters you can sign up for. And, of course, as always, reach out to them, start a dialogue, ask some questions. Uh, they're a great resource to have. And then uh, I am uh, currently serving with Biveris, which is a company that handles uh, patient experience surveys, employee insight surveys, and community voice surveys for uh, primarily the healthcare uh, industry, but we dabble in a few others from here, to t- here, here and there as well. You can learn more about us as a company at Biveris.com. That's B-I-V-A-R-U-S.com. And you can always reach out to me through the website there as well. Ed, thanks so much for your time. Um, I guess I will not talk to you until after the official rest of the holiday season. So happy holidays to you and the rest of your family and friends. All right. Thanks. Same to you, Alan. Have a great holiday. All right. And we'll talk to everybody going into the new year. Uh, Take care, everyone. We'll look forward to talking to you next time we post an episode of Stepping Up Service. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.